This is Nightline. Tonight, breaking down the big moments at the Oscars. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Winning just about everything. Dreams do come true. The historic first from Tollywood's breakthrough and a big night for resurgent talent. This year's Oscars was defined by hope and joy and the comeback story. And is the Oscars so white era finally over? Plus, banking jitters, the collapse of two banks in three days, fueling fears and panic. Yes, I am in an airport bathroom at 6.30 a.m. crying. Customers swarming Silicon Valley bank branches. Could there be a domino effect? And Christina Ricci from Wednesday in The Addams Family. How do I look? Disturbing. To Misty on Yellow Jackets. The only thing you should ever say to the police is, I want my lawyer. That's why I put it on the cookie. One of the hottest shows on the small screen. Your characters are the opposite of predictable. <laughs> yes, hi. It's more fun. It's just more fun that way. The special bond with her co-stars, like Juliette Lewis. We've been through so much together that um, we're actually all pretty close. And the secret she hid from the crew. Plus, Taylor Swift. The bejeweled singer is making the city of Glendale, Arizona shimmer, and how they are paying homage. Nightline will be right back. Thanks for joining us. A lot of history made alongside the glitz and the glamour and the sweep. Everything everywhere all at once, winning just about everything at the Oscars. The Academy making a more concerted effort to diversify. But is the Oscars so white era finally over? Everything, everywhere, all at once. A groundbreaking night for a groundbreaking team. The indie hit Everything Everywhere All at Once, dominating last night's 95th Academy Awards, winning Best Picture and six other categories. Mom, I just want an Oscar. It was Hollywood's biggest night, a celebration of film at its finest, with notable historic moments of visibility. RRR has to win. Pride of every Indian. The ceremony itself relatively drama-free after last year's shocking slap. If anyone in this theater commits an act of violence at any point during the show, you will be awarded the Oscar for Best Actor. This year's Oscars was really about moving on from the slap and focusing instead on these really emotional and heart-wrenching speeches from the winners, you know, many of whom were celebrating, you know, these amazing comeback stories. Everything, everywhere, all at once. A mind-boggling multiverse comedy, captivating audiences with its unique visual style and storytelling. The film nabbing three of the four top acting awards, the most prestigious going to Michelle Yeoh, who became the first Asian woman to win Best Actress. And ladies, don't let anybody tell you you are ever past your prime. Never give up. Something that struck me is that Halle Berry was the one to give Michelle Yeoh her Oscar. Halle Berry, more than two decades ago, became the first black woman to win for Best Actress for Monsters Ball. It was really beautiful to see her hand over that statue to Michelle Yeoh. Throughout her decades-long run on the silver screen, the 60-year-old Malaysian-born star breaking barriers. 
First making her mark in action films like Tomorrow Never Dies and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I know you're not what Nick needs. But her role as a family matriarch in the 2018 acclaimed romantic comedy Crazy Rich Asians sealed her return. You will never be enough. My colleague Chris Connolly speaking with the Daniels, Shinert and Kwan, the directors behind this year's best picture. Michelle, she's been in this industry for a very long time and because of that she's had to be guarded. Uh, and, and she's even told us that, you know, being, being an Asian woman in Hollywood, you have to protect yourself. You know, we didn't even find out until after we finished shooting the movie that this was the first time she was at the top of the call sheet um, in Hollywood. The duo, who met working at a film summer camp, also grabbing Best Original Screenplay and Best Director Awards. Yo's co-star, Ki Hui Kwan, also taking home a statue for Best Supporting Actor. This is the American dream! It's an extraordinary and emotional comeback for the former child star who came to America as a Vietnamese refugee. He first broke into the industry as Data in The Goonies. Ed Short Round in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. What we do, Dr. Jones? Quan and his former co-star Harrison Ford sharing a moment on stage after everything won Best Picture. Everything star Jamie Lee Curtis taking Best Supporting Actress. I know it looks like I'm standing up here by myself, but I am not. I am hundreds of people. It's been 45 years since the Scream Queen's breakout role in the cult horror film Halloween. With Jamie Lee Curtis picking up that supporting acting prize, it did kind of solidify her near 50 years in this business. Curtis beating out Angela Bassett, who many believed would get her first Oscar for her role as Queen Ramonda in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. A lot of people were really rooting for Angela Bassett. She didn't win, but she still did make history as the first actor to get a nomination from Marvel. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, making more history last night. The visionary behind its elaborate outfits, Ruth E. Carter, awarded her second Oscar for Best Costume Design, becoming the first black woman ever to win two Oscars. Thank you to the Academy for recognizing the superhero that is a black woman. Ruth Carter making history as the only black woman to ever win two Oscars is significant. When you look at the number of black women who've ever even been nominated, the number is minimal and quite frankly, kind of abysmal. Ahead of the big day, she sat down with ABC News Entertainment reporter Kelly Carter. I really feel that the first win, you know, was a sprinter who made it through the finish line and took those deep breaths like, I got it, I did it, whoo, the first time in some instances could be a fluke or could be uh, luck, if you want to call it that. The second time is true to form. This was really a mixed bag in terms of diversity. We have to note that there were a number of black women directed films that were completely excluded from this year's Oscars. We have to note the fact that there were no women directors nominated for this year's Oscars. You know, there's a lot of room for improvement. Still, it's been a big night for resurgent talent. All four top actors who've been in the industry for decades were first-time nominees. We saw a lot of veterans who probably should have been nominated 
accumulated in the past, and they're finally getting the credit that they deserve, and it seemed very overdue. Brendan Fraser, honored for his performance as a reclusive English teacher in The Whale. I um, started in this business 30 years ago, and things, they didn't come easily to me, but there, there was a facility that I didn't, uh, I didn't appreciate at the time until it stopped. Former co-stars Fraser and Quan becoming the Oscars comeback kids. Reuniting after staring together in 1992's Encino Man. And the computer club feels your presence will be a valuable asset to our organization. There are times in a career when the phone stops ringing for whatever reason, but in this case, something intensely creative came along for both of us. These award shows have gotten very heavy and very dense, and what we saw last night was all about hope, it was all about joy, it was a lot of actors saying, don't forget to always chase your dreams, don't give up. That was the theme of the night. And we turn now to a big development in financial news. Bank stocks taking a dive, shaking the industry after federal regulators took control of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. Their collapse within days of each other fueling a ripple effect and igniting fears among customers. How is the White House trying to calm the waters and restore confidence? Here's ABC's chief business correspondent, Rebecca Jarvis. Today, bank customers from Boston to New York to California swarming Silicon Valley bank branches after a frantic weekend. We have to meet payroll this afternoon, so that's why I'm here. Federal regulators granting them access to their accounts. You can take all your money. It comes after the government seized the assets of two failing banks during a dizzying 72 hours. President Biden today trying to reassure the American people. Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. Your deposits will be there when you need them. Small businesses across the country, the deposit accounts at these banks can breathe easier knowing they'll be able to pay their workers and pay their bills. The Treasury, FDIC and Federal Reserve taking emergency steps to guarantee all deposits in Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank are paid back in full. Even those deposits over the federally insured amount of $250,000. All of it, the president says, will be paid for by the banks. No losses will be borne by the taxpayers. We're not bailing out banks. We're actually rescuing depositors in banks that made some bad decisions over the course of the last year or so. Today's move is a lifeline for SVB customers like Tiffany Dufu, who was panicking over the weekend. Yes, I am in an airport bathroom at 6.30 a.m. crying. The founder of a career coaching startup and mother of two had to tap personal savings to pay her 10 employees. It was already intense trying to figure out how you're going to send your kids to college. Tonight, even after those emergency actions, Tiffany tells us she'll feel safer as soon as she moves her money to a bigger bank. I will be so relieved when our money is back in that Bank of America account, and I think that's who I'll be sticking with. The government hopes today's emergency steps will boost confidence in the financial system and prevent a run on smaller banks. Banks like First Republic, which scrambled to reassure its customers it was stable, announcing the bank received additional funding. But that didn't stop some from withdrawing money today. I to pull my money out, unfortunately. I love First Republic. Don't want to, but nevertheless, it's scary. Small banks don't face the same stress test that big banks do. 
even though some, like SBB, have ballooned in size, more than quadrupling in four years from $49 billion to more than $200 billion last year. Our thanks to Rebecca. Coming up, Christina Ricci, my one-on-one -on -one with the star of Yellow Jackets. Why is she suddenly everywhere? I'm pretty sure that do something nice, try to help my friend cover up her crime of passion, and what do I get? Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Married moms in the suburbs. They've been called soccer moms. They've been called security moms. Pamela Wilk is a so-called soccer mom. Those so-called Walmart moms. She calls herself a hockey mom. I love those hockey moms. The hockey mom trying to connect with the soccer moms. In the 1990s, the idea of soccer moms as the quintessential swing voter took hold. Elections could be won or lost based on a candidate's ability to appeal to them. But were quote-unquote soccer moms actually the deciding factor? In a new series on the 538 Politics podcast, we take a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from, and does it hold up today? Find the campaign throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts. Christina Ricci won a generation of loyal fans with her dark turn as Wednesday in the Addams Family movies. She's back and bigger than ever with star turns in the hit shows Wednesday and Yellow Jackets. I spoke with her earlier about what she says her characters have in common. It's such a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you. Oh, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You are starring in two of the coolest shows right now, um, not just Yellow Jackets, but Wednesday. How are you juggling it all? Well, thankfully, Wednesday, we shot last year, mm. so that's been done for a little while. <laughs> um, in Yellow Jackets, we just finished um, a couple weeks ago. And season two is rolling out. There's yes. a lot going on. Yes. You play Misty in Yellow Jackets, mm -hmm. so I want to set it up a little bit. It's about a young women's soccer team that gets crash-landed into the Canadian wilderness. Right, in and 1996. It, right, and it flashes back between two periods, right? Right. Um, we cut between what happens once the girls crash, then we see some of the survivors as adults and you're and one of the survivors coping. I am I'm one of the survivors um, every like all the survivors are now in their 40s and are sort of screwed up and <laughs> still dealing with you know the trauma of having gone through this you can see the effects and they manifest in different ways for each character let's take a quick look at the clip to set it up talking to the cops isn't as easy as it looks on TV clearly what's that supposed to mean Seriously. <laughs> It means you were a disaster. I... The only thing you should ever say to the police is, I want my lawyer. That's why I put it on the cookie. 
<laughs> There's a lot of dark humor in it. Yeah. But tell me about your character, Misty. She's definitely a little on the socially awkward side. Yes. Dealing with trauma, obviously. But in some ways, it really is sort of an exploration of her character. All the characters are so beautifully written and detailed and flawed and complex. And Misty's really interesting because she seems to have started out with sort of a moral deficit, if you will. Right. And, you know, as a child, we see her and she's never allowed to be part of the group. You know, she has no social currency. She's not cool. She's not really attractive. She's not funny. So she craves people and belonging, but she's kind of always being shunned. And for good reason. I mean, she does some pretty horrible things. And by the time we get to her character at the age that I play her, she very much is used to the world never giving her what she wants. So she's sort of learned how to take it. It's such a gripping show and very, I have to say, I had to watch it like this because it's very <laughs> gory at times. It can but you, be, uh... you also famously played Wednesday mm -hmm. at the age of 10. How do I look? Disturbing. I guess there's a bit of a trend between these characters. How much of it is channeling some of your own, you know, quirkiness? I'm easily bored. So I feel like, for me, what really draws me to a character is, is stuff that's new and I haven't seen before. And, you know, maybe exploring something, exploring a character that might have been in the past easily dismissed or labeled. Your characters are the opposite of predictable. <laughs> yeah. I try. It's more fun. It's just more fun that way. One of the cool things about Yellow Jackets is there's some 90s nostalgia. Your co-star is Juliette Lewis, yes. and you were both sort of darlings of the 90s in many ways, but you hadn't really crossed paths a lot together. No, um, no, I didn't really. I, I was obsessed with Juliette Lewis, though. I remember, Weren't being, we all? I remember being 15 and being on a movie set, so like in 1995, and someone had worked with her, and I wanted to know everything about her, what she ate, <laughs> um, her habits. Yeah. And what's it like working with her now? It's super fun. We've all, we're all so bonded on the show, like all the older women, and we, we spent so much time together, long hours, mm. and we've been through so much together that um, we're actually all pretty close. That's amazing. And you were not when you first started acting. Do you think Hollywood has changed with regard to supporting young actors? And what's it like being on set watching another, you know, group of young actors make their way? I'm so impressed by our younger cast. Like, they really, they're so self-possessed and they're able to fight for things they want or say, I'm not comfortable with this in a way that we were never able to. <laughs> and congratulations. I read that you were actually pregnant during the filming of season one. You kept it yeah. secret, but there were some grueling scenes you were living through. Yeah, I was pregnant. Um, I didn't tell anyone until I started to show, of course, when I was like six months pregnant. Um, but it affected everything. Like, even the way I walked in the first season, like I came back to do season two and I couldn't replicate the walk because I no longer had a human being inside waddle. of me for <laughs> Forcing me to waddle. Amazing. So I was like, oh, that's where that walk came from? What can we expect from Christina Ricci moving forward? I'm really excited for this season. I can't wait for people to see it and see their reactions. I mean, TV is so funny because you spend so much of your time and you put so much into it and then, you know, it's not just like one movie coming out, it's the span of 10 weeks, right. you know, you'll get to see audiences' reactions and everything. So I'm just really looking forward to, see, to seeing how people like this season. I think the audiences want more, more, more of you. <laughs> so. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Of course. And Yellow Jacket Season 2 is streaming and available on demand March 24th and airs on Showtime March 26th. Coming up, Taylor Swift, why Glendale, Arizona is honoring the Bejeweled Singer.
People who disappear without a trace. Where is she? The most notorious murder cases in New York. Pure evil. And the most devious killers. There's a Hannibal Lecter feel to him. For chilling true crime stories, follow the True Crime NYC podcast wherever you listen. And finally tonight, Taylor Swift kicks off her highly anticipated Eras tour in Glendale, Arizona this weekend. The city announcing the unique way they're going to honor her. The city of Glendale will be renamed Swift City. It'll be known as Swift City on Friday and Saturday, much to the delight of Swifties everywhere. I just The Lavender Hayes singer's tour announcement creating a frenzy. Crashing the Ticketmaster website in November, it's her first tour in five years. And that's Nightline. You can watch all of our full episodes on Hulu. We'll see you right back here same time tomorrow. Thanks for staying up with us. Good night, America. Married moms in the suburbs. They've been called soccer moms. They've been called security moms. Pamela Wilk is a so-called soccer mom. Those so-called Walmart moms. She calls herself a hockey mom. I love those hockey moms. The hockey mom trying to connect with the soccer moms. In the 1990s, the idea of soccer moms as the quintessential swing voter took hold. Elections could be won or lost based on a candidate's ability to appeal to them. But were quote-unquote soccer moms actually the deciding factor? In a new series on the 538 Politics podcast, we take a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from, and does it hold up today? Find the Campaign Throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts.